0: everybody good morning it's the great Uh, ship the space show show uh, red uh, alert we're talking about more star trek we are in the throes of season three um (laughs) i am your host lieutenant rebecca frost joined by two noted space show fans carrie jackson and lee george kate hello you guys
1: hi rebecca in in (laughs) the throes is a nice way of putting it i think (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, we do we do audio on this one too so i'll say hi instead of just yes. yeah. just waving furiously at the <laughs>
1: camera Sorry.
0: um this week we're talking about just five i think fantastic episodes
1: you liked so, all these okay
0: <laughs> for the most part Spectre all right. of, pretty, of the gun day of the good. dove for the world is hollow and i have touched the sky the tolian web and plato's stepchildren um if we are just going to dive right into this first episode, Spectre okay. of the Gun.
2: This is oh, the one the, I uh, thought
1: you would hate. I, you
2: the know. Roddenberry Junior High School Community Theater production of Spectre of the Gun. That's Listen,
0: right. my household, big Tombstone household. We love oh, Tombstone in this Really?
1: Household.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. I paused. As soon as this episode started, I paused and I went to get my husband. And I'm like, you got to watch this episode because we Tombstone fanatics over here. Well, there um, you go my did you know i my my aunt went to this earlier this summer there's a red dead redemption con in tombstone arizona
1: well that's really yeah okay now that's a that's a game i have played i i could attend that convention and not feel stupid
0: yeah red dead redemption con it's in tombstone arizona and my aunt went with her stepson and husband and had a blast amazing um as punishment for ignoring their warning and trespassing on their planet, the Melcott condemned Captain Kirk and his landing party to the losing side of a surreal recreation of the 1881 historic gunfight at the O.K. Corral. Loved it. Wow. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it.
1: You did, really? <laughs> yes, it You, so <laughs> you surprise me constantly. I was just convinced that you were going to hate this episode.
2: When I, when I was a little kid, I thought it was the coolest episode of Star Trek, like bar none. And then I think I saw it in my late teens And I hated it And then I think mm-hmm. I saw it again a couple of years ago And was like This is kind of like really surreal community theater
0: Loved yes. the set No yeah. no full buildings Just the facades of buildings yeah. Against a red backdrop Absolutely incredible The villain Or not the villain But the, the Melkots are um, Let me see if I can present this image Because this was the first thing I thought of was hold on selecting a tab to share i thought it looks like th- this <laughs> character from spongebob squarepants the shriveled up guy in the wheelchair
2: at least it wasn't clint howard
1: <laughs> at least it wasn't this time this time yeah, i thought it time. looked like a disembodied brain with eyes so it looked like um, oh what was that old black and white movie that had the it was the screaming brain or something like that, where the brain was, was floating the, through the
2: brain that wouldn't die. The
1: brain that wouldn't die. That's what <laughs> yeah. it looked like to What's me. What's
2: that yeah.
1: from? That's oh, it's like a old... 50s
2: sci fi movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Or the screaming. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember now. But they made fun yeah. of it in Iron Giant.
1: They did. Yeah, there were... yeah. But it was just a floating brain with like googly eyes. Yeah. yeah. This oh, is the season they, that they did that on Space Ghost, too.
2: Yeah, this, is the, <laughs> this is the season that they tried to do non human aliens.
0: So this, many non-human aliens. Yeah.
2: Like, they were like, oh, you know, we don't want our legacy to be like some guy with, with a bunch of putty on his face like <coughs> the 80s even, shows.
1: But even though they explained all the humanoid aliens in the Kirok episode, they they they, they, ex- they explained why there are so many humanoid aliens on, on all these planets. So
2: And they went back to that in DS9 and Next Gen. Yes, they did um
0: speaking of the set which is the immediate standout um the bit of trivia i have for this episode the original script called for filming on an outdoor location but due to budget constraints filming took place in the studio these constraints also prevented the set designers from building a complete western town and the concept of pieces of a town drawn from kirk's mind was developed fantastic what a concept when kirk is describing why they are in 1880 you know, October 26th, 1881 in mm-hmm. Tombstone, Arizona, because Kirk's ancestors were part of the
1: frontiersmen <laughs> that helped settle the West. Of course they were. <sighs> well,
2: and and it also makes sense that his, even, even having some historical knowledge of that period of time, it makes sense that his memory would have holes in it or missing pieces to it. Mm-hmm. And I think they did sure. that really, really well in this episode, because like, I know quite a bit about certain elements of history too, but... It's not like doctorate no, level not. stuff. Yeah, it's Yeah, we're not knowing on the details. Yeah, it's, I read a book about it. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like detailed historical knowledge. I think they did an amazing job. If they indeed had to cut corners because of budget, uh, that set designer was hands down one of the best in the industry because they sure didn't make it look like they couldn't finish the budget.
1: Well, and my, f- my favorite part of the set was the sheriff's sign was in the Star Trek font.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or the the clock just hanging in the middle of a window yeah yeah like it's just really good stuff <laughs> really very surreal very pbs playhouse uh mm-hmm. like yes, If we playhouse. were
0: to do if we were to do a stage recreation of an episode it should be this one
2: yeah
1: yes, and you could stuff. too hmm yep Yep.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, also I, cause I got my husband to watch this one with me, cause again, big Tombstone fans over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I h- had the opportunity to explain to him that Chekhov is a very close second for horniest member on the USS Enterprise, and. <laughs> That comes up again later, and not a good way. No.
2: Nope. Yeah, this, this episode yeah. could be called Pavel Horny because you know, it's just like, oh, stop, stop hitting on the saloon girl, Pavel. We've got work to do. No, Pavel Horny. Well, she came up to she me. She was,
1: she <laughs> was hitting on him. You and know, it's you always you have to maintain good relationships with the natives. Yeah.
2: yeah, and you have to wonder: Did the Milkotians make him behave that way, or was he just?
1: That was all Chekhov, man. That's Chekhov. Chekhov is horny
0: all the time. I think it's just like an an underlying thing that he has to suppress when he's like at work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked that the resolution to this episode is the opposite of you just have to believe.
1: (laughs) You you just don't have to believe. I love that. It's also
2: another case of Kirk deciding prime director or not. Well, let's go see what's going on down there.
1: Yeah.
0: Ser- yeah. yeah, seriously, because they were like, hey, don't. And Kirk's no. like, I don't want to do it anyway. You yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. should do it, yeah. It's, First contact, like, I want to get that, yeah.
2: It's like when we review uh, horror movies and Rebecca's always like, imagine if they didn't do this part and the movie would be over five minutes in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: and
0: where's the fun in that? Oh,
2: spooky guy standing next to tall grass? Don't pull over.
1: No. Just, oh, yeah, That happens all the time.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Carrie, have you watched In the Tall Grass?
1: Ah, uh, not yet. No, I will. Though.
0: Oh, please get high and watch it.
1: I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right.
0: Moving so, on to. Oh, or, are we moving on? Have uh, I thought you had more to say about. I I,
1: I just think. I just thought this was you know the everybody gets a moment, everybody gets an interaction. Uh, you know, I I love the uh, uh, the lightning that they you know of course mm-hmm. it's a stage light and it it casts the shadow of the trees up onto the red sky. Uh, yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah it's so community oh, and theater and also
0: yeah. when they're at the saloon and the bartender comes up and he's like can i get you the usual and scotty says yep i'll take a half a gallon of scotch and the bartender is like you know we don't have scotch you'll take bourbon or corn whiskey but the <laughs> fact that he orders half a gallon of scotch
1: <laughs> but well, that's our scotty he's using his that's superpower scotty. Uh, and and he uses his superpower in this to a great effect because they build a gas grenade and they said well somebody's got to test it and Scotty's like all right I'll test it and this is uh, and he takes a shot of the of the whiskey he goes oh but this is painless And he goes P- well okay you should have warned me mr spock <laughs> but he stick's his head in the and the smoke is just billowing up into his face and mm-hmm. it's it's clear he's breathing that dangerous crap in and breathing it out because it was the 60s and safety was not a problem yeah, <laughs>
0: what are they using like asbestos gas is that a probably thing?
1: It's I. It can't be good for you, you know. <laughs> he
2: he <laughs> wasn't. Uh, he wasn't well known for his uh, love of safety either. That's as true. A, that's as an true. actor, I mean, when he was in the Canadian Air Force, there are, are legends of him getting cited for slaloming his plane between telephone poles. The man was. The man was a legend when what it came hero. to disregard for personal yep. safety. Do,
1: doing, doing, was the man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is he still? Is he still alive? Is he nope. still around? He's in space.
1: Oh. He's orbiting. Literally, he's yes, his ashes they, were. They set him up. <laughs> they really? sent him up. Yeah, they yeah, shot him into yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think, I think, I think <laughs> he was. The, I think he was the first Star Trek to go up into
1: space. I think he was. Yes. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that for him. The bullets are not yeah. real. And also, what was cool was all of these. You had this, you know, cast of people who have been in tons of westerns. You know, yeah. and and that bartender is a perfect example. He was just, you know, he's like, oh, you want me to be a western bartender? Okay, I'm here.
2: Yeah, I think it was like the second time DeForest Kelly had been involved in something involving the uh the shootout at the Okay. Thrill. Yes,
0: he DeForest <laughs> Kelly has done a lot of western historical recreation stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah. That's why
2: the studio didn't want him playing in the st- in the spaceship show because mm-hmm. he was he's too a- well known as a western guy.
1: Western actor. Yep.
0: I have a hard time envisioning him as a western actor. Maybe if I saw
1: yeah, More. I would just say to the uh, the bad guy cowboys in this episode, moisturizing very important. Just yeah. that's all. I Go back and watch that it. So that,
2: that whole generation,
1: probably moisturizing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right.
0: Brought to us by Dove. The day of the dove. Both oh. humans <laughs> and Klingons have been lured to a planet by a formless entity that feeds on hatred and has set about to fashion them into a permanent food supply for itself. Guys, this episode made me cry.
2: This episode <laughs> Did wrecked it? you. I was watching your commentary as you were watching it, and I was like, "Oh, I know which one she's watching."
0: <laughs> because huh. the villain, the villain is a ball of light that um, is the type of person that says, "I hate drama," and then goes ahead and causes just a lot of drama. And. <laughs> and this is jumping like way so far into the episode but there's a moment where scotty is so mean to spock i'm literally shouting at my tv scotty what are you doing stop you're being so mean
1: you're a freak you're a freak
0: Literally, he's like Mr. S- like he's going to it because everyone has swords now, and so like yeah. Scotty's going to attack Spock, and Spock is like, "Easy, Mr. Scott," and Scott says, "Keep your Vulcan hands off me. Just keep away. Your feelings might get hurt. You green-blooded half breed." And I'm like, "Scotty, no!" <laughs> <laughs> and then Spock says, "May I say that I have not thoroughly enjoyed serving with humans. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant." And Scotty says, "Then transfer out, freak!" And I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> And, and Spock for a minute there, he was gonna he was gonna take Scotty apart for for a second there he nearly did and then he went oh wait I'm being manipulated mm. but, but uh. this is
2: the episode that got me some Klingon action figures that came with swords yes oh really which made me really mm-hmm. happy yeah uh,
1: Carrie do
0: you have the lady Klingon.
1: I don't you know, we never got one as an action figure. Dang. We, we never not got surprising. Kang's wife. Yeah. Oh, this
2: was this was Kang's episode. I forgot about Kang, you. yes. Uh, Michael Ansara. He's he's delicious. And uh Rebecca, did you get to the episodes? Oh, you haven't watched Deep Space Nine yet, have you? No. Oh no. Um no, all, I, I all I told of these it. Klingons come back in DS. These
0: particular Klingons?
2: Well, well no, Kang. Kang. Yeah. And Kang and
1: Koloth and Kodos.
2: Yeah.
0: The the Simpsons aliens?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: But they're dressed like Klingons. Um, Oh, you get, you
1: get Kang from this one. You get uh, 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 the one from uh, uh, Tribbles, the Tribbles episode. Mm, The one that uh, just looks like a dude. Who is Kodos or or Koloth or anyway. And then the, and then the one um, from uh, uh, Tyree's woman, the Flintlocks. No, no, no. That's a different one
2: well nah anyway, anyway it's, don't worry about it's it. still it's it's definitely amazing and i can't wait until you get to to ds9 so that you can yes ex- explore this episode
0: i'm excited to get to ds9 i just caught up on lower decks too and like their whole ds which, which is so funny my husband knew everything about the ds9 episode i'm like did you ever watch deep space nine and he's like no <laughs> he just <laughs> happens to like know a lot about oh. it
1: Deep Space Nine is just the best. Oh, I love it so much. I remember I we, I really when, it, when, when it came on and we were loving it, I remember, Lee, and so many Star Trek fans were like, how dare you? Yeah, How dare you? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. And we're like, no, you guys just don't see how great this show is and, and how great around, it's going to be.
2: Around season five, the general fan populace started clicking with it. And I was like, Yep. told you told you yeah. but yeah it's it's amazing so
0: why why did they not like it
2: uh, uh, because well it wasn't
1: on a spaceship first of all
2: it was oh, slow paced oh, sure. and they didn't like mm-hmm. the serial storytelling and like the fact that each episode was part of a larger story mm-hmm. and i think some uh, i think there might have been some racism playing into it a bit probably um <laughs> and i also think that there were um i don't know i mean i i get it first season bashir is really annoying but by the third yes. season bashir is amazing um Dax is a great character. There's, oh, there's yeah. so many cool characters, but we're not talking about deep space. No.
1: Anymore. Let's yeah. get back no, to Day of the Dove.
0: Yeah. Speaking of racism, a lot of a lot of blackface in this episode.
1: Mm. Well, that's, like your, a... that's your Klingons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I like that we did get one lady Klingon, Mara, the only female clinging with the only female Klingon with a speaking role in the original series.
1: Oh, that's right. Um,
0: And coming back to the notion that Chekhov is the second horniest crew member of the USS Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The note I have, and we'll talk about this scene, is Chekhov going to rape this Klingon? (laughs)
1: Uh, well he did he did tear her top uh you know and and... and
0: aggressively like kissed is okay so so Chekhov he's got this idea this hatred light bubble has given him this idea that he needs to get revenge on the Klingons because they killed his brother even though he's an only child Um, Mm -hmm. and he corners the hot Klingon lady and is she he's like you don't die yet you are not human, but you are beautiful. And then, like, proceeds to like aggressively kiss her and rip her top. And I'm like, Chekhov, you cannot rape this lady. What is happening?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's it's tough to watch, but you have to keep reminding yourself so that the tough. the alien is is making them angry, and you know. But what does, about, what does this say about what does it say about? Chekov though, because what the but, alien right, does
2: it's it's
0: all gotta come from somewhere. Like is yeah. Chekhov capable of this elsewhere? Does Scotty really think these things about Spock? Why well and is that's... everyone turning on each other.
1: But see, that's the question. See, we give you the Chekhov thing, but then we also uh they killed my brother. Well he never had a brother. So the mm-hmm. question is, is how much are they being manipulated?
2: He he did have a brother. Chekhov? They've gone into it. They've gone into it. They've retconned they, this bit. They did? And yeah, he, he did have a brother and it's been covered up because his brother died mysteriously. And so it's, that that little bit has been played out even to the point where there's some belief that the older brother is actually the Chekhov that's being used in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movies because Pavel Chekhov would have been too young to be a helmsman on that Enterprise. He would have been like 10. So an older brother...
1: Would track. Uh, oh, I see. But, well, because because Pavel in the JJ verse is because they ask him, "How old are you?" And he says, "Like he's like fifteen or something like that." Yeah,
2: he's he's young, but he, yeah, this Chekhov. I mean, we're talking that's 13, 14 years before original series timeline. Eh. He would have been he would have been eight or nine or ten.
1: So, uh, so that's how they get away with older brother Chekhov, okay? To some degree, it, <laughs> it's
2: real hand waving, but it's I'll there. say, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Anyway, yeah. uh, but this was uh, a this was a great episode because, you know, you, you all those stunt guys got to be sword fighting and they I'm sure yeah. they had fun, you know. And it was oh, clearly yeah. they clearly didn't rehearse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just them banging their swords against each other's swords, you know.
0: I uh, was very happy for Sulu. You know the man loves a sword.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. He was in his element, wasn't he?
0: Oh yeah um a fun piece of another fun piece of trivia from this episode near the end of the episode scotty tells kirk that the ship's dilithium crystals are deteriorating kirk asks time factor scotty replies in 12 minutes we will be totally without engine power and this happens with exactly 12 minutes left in the episode oh really yeah and i double checked it because there's another moment too where they check in again and and spock says nine minutes 30 seconds or something like that and i checked the time and it was accurate they had about nine minutes wow yeah that's nerds a, back that in is, the 60s yeah that's real taylor swift stuff i tell you what taylor swift
1: <laughs> does that and... but uh yeah it was uh, uh michael and sarah with the the great line we don't need any help to hate humans <laughs> go uh, go uh
2: delicious that's, and, it, uh, and really hits differently um growing up in the cold war because this is such a cold mm, war episode very, very much Oh, our, our our unspoken hatred will be the end of all of us.
1: Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Michael and Sarah, I found out this week because I was preparing trivia questions for another subject <laughs> for my radio show. Uh, I found out Michael and Sarah was married to, name check, Lee George K, Barbara Eden. Oh, from Jeannie. Yeah. From My Dream of Genie. They were married. I didn't know that.
2: Wow. Sixties oh. yeah. power couple.
1: I'll say. <laughs>
0: Well, moving on um, to uh, mm, happier, not happier. For the world is hollow and I have touched the sky, okay. loving the naming conventions of these episodes. <laughs> this is how I named my papers in high school. Like this is how <laughs> I would title them. The enterprise discovers an apparent asteroid that is on a collision course with a planet that is actually an ancient populated generation ship. So I have- been are real
2: worried about asteroids this what, this season. Yes, yeah, seems I, to be
0: a theme. Um, This episode opens with the knowledge that, you know, McCoy has just done a physical on everybody on the ship and he has a disease and only has a year to live. Oh, by the way,
1: Jim, I'm dying.
0: (laughs) And Nurse, I was reacting like Nurse Chapel, like, are you serious? We
1: have to do
2: something.
0: And he's like, ma'am, ma'am.
2: Your feminine hysteria is showing through. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and i'm just like mccoy first of all scotty was so mean and now mccoy is dying <laughs> what is happening to my friends messing
1: with rebecca's head this season i see
0: <laughs> um and you know they go to beam onto the asteroid and uh kirk and spock are gonna go and mccoy is ready to go on the ship too <laughs> he's ready to go too and they're like mccoy and mccoy's like you can't tell me no i'm dying and kirk's like okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: if you're dying all right
0: if you insist so the disease so the disease that mccoy is suffering from is xeno xeno mm-hmm. polycythemia is a real disease in which the body produces too many red blood cells and is not by itself fatal but xeno poly would be alien uh would be an alien variation of the disease um follow-up question though Okay. in this side of paradise they all beam down to that planet and are all healed of their previous wounds and diseases and how do you do skis how does he develop this xenopolycythemia
2: hmm?
1: it, was a, it was a dirty orion slave girl that i met uh. oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the transporter's tricky because like it supposedly the buffers on the transporter will actually Go through your molecular structure and remove any illness, disease, anything like that. So, how do you have disease in Star Trek? So, but stuff, well, can, stuff we're, can just slip the we're just exactly. asking questions. We're Clear, just asking questions. Clearly, clearly
1: the the original series transporter didn't do that. Uh, yeah. clearly. Yeah. So, maybe
0: yeah. McCoy has reason. To not trust the transporters. I don't like them. I'm
2: on the record. Killing him, or the transporters uh, don't detect everything, right? So it might take that xenosabla blah, blah, and say that it's part of his genetic structure and and beam him up with more of it.
1: Xenosabla blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I had some <laughs> well, that's of those
2: okay. at a restaurant last week. Hmm.
0: <laughs> that's okay because this ship. Um, We'll fix everything. Don't you even worry. And this is McCoy's big day out, honestly, because he meets a lady.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: lady is like, you should stay. And and honestly, he does what I would do. If I only had a year to live and I beamed onto this asteroid that was a ship traveling to a planet um, and this lady wanted to be with me, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Starfleet. Bye-bye. I've done my time.
1: But, uh, clearly, though, she has poor eyesight if she's picking McCoy. But uh...
0: This Kirk's line. Personally, I find the lady's taste questionable, but she obviously prefers you and you obviously don't seem to mind. Kirk, <laughs> sir.
2: <laughs> the the alien fashion in this episode is off the charts. It's yep. in
0: these patterns, these br- these bright patterns on this asteroid. Where are they mm-hmm. getting these ideas from?
2: Well, it's like it's like the costumers went down to there was a place in southern california in the 60s and 70s called shag rug law oh yes and, uh, <laughs> shag shag rug law was literally everything these guys were wearing you know it was just like uh if they'd gone to carpenteria uh the other part of the Sepulveda highway they would have found perhaps something a little more tasteful but <laughs> man
1: didn't we have a shag rug log here uh, here in uh, west valley somewhere i think we had a location the,
2: oh yeah yeah it was national yeah it might a even still disaster. be there
1: uh, if
0: yeah. it was modern day, they would go to Mood in New York, and then Tim Gunn would go, thank you, Mood.
1: So so they beam down to the inside of this asteroid. Or no, they, they, they beam they, down they, onto the surface.
0: And, and then they go down. They can't detect, they, they don't detect any life forms. But then <laughs> the pillar elevators open up, and everyone in mm-hmm. their fancy outfits comes rushing out.
1: But it's a secret that... The outside is the outside, because as I recall, like most all the people inside, and that's where we get the title from. All the people inside the asteroid had no idea about the surface.
0: Correct, and there was there was one older gentleman who knew, and he's the one who talks to the crew and says, "You know, uh, things are not as they seem. For this world is hollow, and I have touched the sky again." And, and then he died. Incredible title, and then, and then he, he died.
1: He dies because of his device that was in him.
0: Because you know what? It's I love it. I love an episode where a computer is in charge. Yep.
1: Because what could go wrong?
0: What could I, go wrong? I, this AI running this ship towards a planet filled
2: with billions of people. Exactly. I just love, though, that the whole thing that McCoy is told is, well, you should spend the next year with me. You're going to have to get one of these mind-altering devices that could kill you in a heartbeat if the machine decides otherwise. But on the other hand, hot priestess. Worth it. <laughs> worth yeah, the risk. Exactly. Exactly. Because honestly,
0: like... if there's one thing we've learned about McCoy, he is ready for death at any moment. He is so happily arms open, <laughs> waiting for death to take him. And, and why not? He's ready open to for anything.
1: <laughs> so he joins the cult. I mean, he 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 drinks the Kool Aid and joins the cult and says, "I'm mm-hmm. just going to stay here." And then and then of course. Kirk and Spock have to meddle with the Oracle and the society's <laughs> way of life. And... Kirk
0: doesn't want to lose his other best friend.
1: Yeah. Selfish. Plus you selfish. can't
2: believe that she chose McCoy. So
1: that I think meddle. that was the that was the motivator. It's like, oh you didn't pick me. Well, I'll shoot you. I'll destroy your god. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you don't want any of this Kirk action fine I'll ruin your whole life
1: yeah your society nice one shame if something happened to it (laughs)
0: would be a shame if Starfleet happened to interfere
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they the Oracle they destroy the Oracle and and that's when Spock magically somehow finds out oh there's a bunch of files in this Oracle room in the back room and you know, it's it's this race of people who have all these. Uh, yeah, they they know how to fix stuff. Uh, Doctor McCoy, I think uh, you're going to be fine. And then suddenly, uh, yeah, I love her. Uh, I was willing to change my life for her, but you know, I uh, gotta go. I, Ooh,
0: now that I'm better.
1: Now that uh... I'm yeah, now that I'm healed and everything, uh, I'll see you in a year. How about that?
2: Yeah, this I'll come was, back and visit. Uh, <laughs> this was supposedly getting revisited in Star Trek Phase One. It's, it's I. It, it's I was, worthy.
1: Of I I was gonna say that it needs to be revisited because I mean, if if McCoy and she were that much crazy about each other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I we mi- need to I revisit that. The,
0: yeah, I do miss the '60s where you could just fall in love right away. And I, <laughs> I also think
2: they need to put the cutscene back in where she's deciding between Kirk and McCoy, and and Kirk invites her over to the pool.
0: <laughs> Is that a real? <laughs> No,
2: that's
1: a, oh. that's a, that's a that's a that's a joke for cruel people. <laughs> Thank you, Lee.
0: Oh. Because he killed that woman.
1: <laughs> Who
0: didn't Shatner? somebody drown in his pool?
1: Yeah, yes. oh, he didn't kill her.
0: <laughs> no.
2: She was just found that way while he was out horseback riding. <laughs> that's it.
0: Oh, wasn't it his wife? Wasn't it his ex-wife?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm? <laughs> that's the same. Kirk invites you to the pool, pass.
1: Okay,
0: since we're going here. There's a thing that I had read that um, all of the that people believe all of the characters and all the actors of the original series would get along just great, except Kirk and Shatner, and Kirk would kick the shit out of Shatner.
1: Yeah, I think Kirk would not put up with Shatner at all. Uh, yeah. Since we're in the pool, all right. One of the things that we'll be pr- bringing you here on our Patreon is uh jeff and i hosted a show in 2009 hosting star trek reruns on uh, a local tv channel and we would come in between the commercials and and do little sketches and talk about the episode and things like that and we did one where it was he and i doing our it, it was like dueling shatners is what we called it <laughs> where where we would face each other and, and one would was so bad Yeah, one would look at the camera, do a a Shatner line, and turn away, and then the other person would look into the camera, do a Shatner line, and then turn away. So we'd go back and forth with Shatner lines, and the last one was me looking at the camera going, my pool, (laughs) it'll never be clean again. And that's when we had the camera guy yell at me going, oh, too far, too far. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Are we going to leave that in?
2: I... Uh, it's it's sad. I can't pass up a Shatterpool joke. I yeah. should learn. I should learn. She was probably. We all day. should
1: learn. But yeah. anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Wow, so, well, so. I can't
0: beca- wait to see those.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll bring those. Up. Again, I wasn't proud of who I was in 2009. All right. Mm-hmm. 2002? 2002. Yeah. 2002.
0: Only 2002,
1: huh? Yeah. Hmm. All right.
0: Well, <sighs> the next episode we will discuss the today the to- is it Tolian or Tholian? Tolian? Tholian. 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 Uh, with Captain Th. Kirk. Th. With Captain Kirk and the derelict USS Defiant apparently lost, the U- the Enterprise grapples with an insanity-causing plague and an attack by the Tholians. Ah, uh, another episode where people just going crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: but this episode actually leads to the coolest episode of Star Trek: Enterprise.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. They do. It is a callback.
2: And it's, it's so great because it's a callback, but it's not the prime universe enterprise that finds them. It's the mirror mirror universe enterprise that finds them and they find that defiant and, uh, things go bad. I love Mm -hmm. it.
1: Yeah. What? Oh yeah. You, it's, we won't spoil it for you. You'll have to, you'll have to wait and watch the episode.
2: It's the good stuff.
0: <laughs> um this episode was nominated for an Emmy for special effects.
2: Um well. well <laughs> they were 68. I get it.
1: But yep. again, you're you're watching the remastered with the new effects. Uh Yeah, they're...
2: I want to watch the old
1: ones. Get a Blu-ray player or a DVD player a and... PS5. That would work. Okay. Yeah. I'll loan them to you. Yes. I'll I'll bring them to Saturday matinee and, e, and later. Perfect. You... All right. Perfect uh yeah now that what's cool about this one is that we we again we get a non-humanoid alien uh the tholians Mm -hmm. who uh in in that star trek uh year five comic book i was telling you about they have a tholian that they manage they build a suit for him and he's able to be a member of the crew uh they have like they have like spidery legs and uh yeah but they're but they're it's temperature, isn't it, Lee? The Tholians—they're yeah, like incredibly yeah. hot, and they burn and so,
2: really, really hot. So, like a human couldn't exist on their ships, and they would—they would freeze to death on. on what a about human a ship.
0: what about a Vulcan?
2: Uh, no, I think even oh. even too hot for Vulcans.
1: Oh, yeah, we're talking nice. like we're talking like lava. That's what the spacesuit that they built yeah, for him was. This Tholian like character,
2: their, their ship floor is literally lava. <laughs> That's
0: so true. the container that they build for it is like a Yeti branded.
2: Yeah, you know yeah. the brand sure. Yeti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they sure. just have to they have to rotate the hot chocolate out for them every couple of hours. Uh
1: huh. So so the const it was the the Defiant was the other starship, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's damaged. The Enterprise happens upon it, and it's somehow phasing between universes.
0: And everyone's dead.
1: And and everyone's dead. And they, uh, they
2: look like they killed each other
1: so mm-hmm. they put on their spacesuits
0: carrie i was praying that you had this toy
1: <laughs> now this is this is the uh the the original series spacesuit but you'll notice here this is Chekhov in the spacesuit uh i had the i had the kirk one but i sold it i didn't sell this one because as you can see uh, Walter Koenig autographed it to me. To so, Carrie, so that's why I didn't sell it. But this is this is the the Barbie size uh, Star Trek figure with the spacesuit.
2: It, it looks like it says to Carrie, but it actually says, "Make sure to eat your Oval Team love, Walter."
1: Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh,
2: Literally, I
0: have a note in my episode notes. of, boy, I hope Carrie has this toy, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you do.
1: Now, so the consta- or the uh, the Defiant eventually phases out. And disappears into another universe. goes away somewhere with Kirk oh, on it right
0: because because the transporters are all messed up and so Scotty can only beam back three people and not four and so somebody mm-hmm. has to wait and Kirk ever so valiant offers to stay and wait
2: why didn't they just leave the horny kid
1: <laughs>
0: well because he was the first yeah because Chekhov is the first to Start going crazy, and, and poor Chekhov—he's always the first to like start experiencing whatever yeah. <laughs> is happening to the greater populace. And yeah, they have like,
2: the the conditioning, the the mental acuity to deal with that because, kind of brainwashing.
0: It's because he thinks with his dick too much, so he's <gasps> like more susceptible to <laughs> to this kind of thing.
1: So the Tholians then say to the Enterprise, "Get the fuck out of here." And and Spock says, Spock has figured out the phasing time and Mm -hmm. says, uh, give us an hour and 53 minutes. And and then if we can't retrieve our captain, then, you know, when the ship comes back, then then we'll go. And so he did all the calculations. And McCoy was being really mean to Spock in the set. McCoy was so mean to him. I have
0: in my notes don't be such a c-word mccoy because my two uncles were fighting and they were and mccoy was being so, as he usually is to spock but he was being so mean well especially too after because um mccoy is like hey because they sit the whole crew down in a room and they're like hey hey big guy have some bad news
1: mm-hmm. and
0: spock essentially tells the crew that i acting captain now kirk is he's
1: probably dead
0: and he has this line but as a result of the battle we must accept the fact that captain kirk is no longer alive i shall not attempt to voice the quality of respect and admiration which captain kirk commanded each of you must evaluate the loss and the privacy of your own thoughts
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn! he he was doing his best to comfort you
0: (laughs) trying as fast. He was trying. telling you to which keep it where, inside
2: and shove it down. But That's where Strange New Worlds does such an amazing job with Spock, because they're giving us why he's the way he is in the original series. They're, mm-hmm. they're explaining mm-hmm. it so beautifully well. Yep. Yep. And that his that is big, cool, engage line is I would like the ship to go now, please. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so perfect.
1: So after an hour 53, the Tolians say, get the fuck out of here. And there's a fight, and that's when the Tholians decide to build this giant net around the Enterprise.
0: The Tholian web, one might
1: call it. Be- because they're because the Enterprise is damaged and can't move. And,
2: and how amazing that they just happen to have an incredible device for a ship that's damaged and cannot move. Because <laughs> like if the if the Enterprise if somebody could just got out and pushed, that that's true, wouldn't have been effective. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh but then you get my favorite part, Shatner in the spacesuit, floating and appearing and phasing here and there including in uhura's quarters while she's in her jammies that i find believable
2: every other scene <laughs> that he showed up in no i i it just if the whole episode had just been him showing up in random yeoman's quarters very believable for kirk
1: but it's him yeah. you know trying to yell at people and and mouthing very slow so you can read his lips
0: (laughs) (laughs) i also another like just super believable thing about that is you know he appears in uhura's quarters right Nuhura's who is like i'm Mm -hmm. see i'm seeing this guy and mccoy's like okay dear you're also Mm -hmm. going crazy but then scotty sees him and is like oh i'll believe a man and uh
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially one that gal orders whiskey by the half gallon. Half, half gallon of, of
0: whiskey. whiskey. Yeah.
1: Right. Although
0: to be fair, I don't think that it's not that McCoy didn't believe a woman. It's the the occurrence of a second incident in which McCoy yeah. goes, "Okay, maybe there yes. is something to this." But as a woman, I just got a default
2: to, "Oh, really?" <laughs> Space sexism space but, sexism.
1: But then they uh, uh they figure it out, they get the captain back and then they figure out how to phase out of the web because the web was pretty much complete. There was no way to get out, but then they figure out how to phase out of the web because they're smart science people. And, and that's, what, was, old what was the
0: Tholians plan once their web was complete? Uh,
1: well, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, also the, the... how
0: many, how many, um, of those like post-mortem videos do you think Kirk recorded? Like, is that his first oh, take or?
1: Yeah, that was, he probably every season would record a different one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ends it with, I love you 3000 each time.
1: Exactly. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool though, that they did that. I did too. Um, I did you know. too.
0: I really like, cause it, because also it got our two uncles to stop fighting.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's there's Jim's Last orders. You gotta come in here. I'm busy, you know, doctor. Well, it's Jim's Last (laughs) orders. You gotta, all right, I'll be there. So he goes in, they watch the tape, and it's like, okay, I've been a dick. Oh, I've been a dick. Uh, And this is also
0: the only time that Spock refers to Dr. McCoy by his nickname, Bones.
1: Oh, that's
0: right. What a human slip-up, Spock. Don't ever do it again.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Just kidding that'll learn just kidding
0: um let's move on to our last episode that we're going to talk about today plato's Mm -hmm. stepchildren a a a cornerstone episode probably in the star trek averse but for Mm -hmm. silly reasons um after dr mccoy helps the leader of a planet populated by people with powerful psionic abilities they decide to force him to stay by torturing his comrades until he submits this one was silly. This one was so silly.
1: <laughs> it was this advanced race that never needed a doctor until today because of a dirty Orion woman or something. I, I don't recall what <laughs> well, it was. The man got a cut a,
0: on his leg. A, and as yeah, they have evolved to a they have evolved to a point where, you know, they live. they lived for a very, very long time, but they have sacrificed like their immune systems for this. And so one little cut on the leg leads to a real big infection, which I wish they could have shown us. Instead, That's we just right. they get never
1: to take our word for it. <laughs>
0: it's all in the imagination.
1: Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's like we gotta we gotta have your doctor. Sorry about that, and we're assholes, by the way. Just want to let and- you know.
0: They're huge assholes we're introduced to the character alexander a dwarf amongst these people and i love him so, so good. much
1: so i good. was
0: like i will die for him please protect him he is the nicest man just why he's are a they good, being so
1: he, mean to him he's a, he's a good actor and he was on a lot of shows in the 60s and 70s uh, i and was
0: Wild, immediately Wild blown away by him i thought he was so cool
1: that's right he's he's the he's one of the bad guys in wild wild west that's right dr <gasps> something Wait, or other oh Like
0: the, the movie the, no, no the tv series the, damn <laughs> the tv <laughs> series was
2: literally the birth of steampunk as a genre yeah. yeah everybody says it's jules verne but this is the first time we saw it and it it was really good sci-fi like very oh, much like Star Trek. Very it was like fun. Yeah. yeah,
1: Wild Wild West was fun because you because yeah. you had uh, you know it was the it was what was it the CIA or some secret government agency and, and, the and they had all Service. this yeah. and it was in the West but it was uh, they had all this technology that wasn't out yet. Yeah, you his, know <laughs> sidekick. I can't.
2: Artemis Gordon. Artemis Gordon was was <laughs> always creating like these really cool. Sorry, my camera keeps shutting out. Uh, but he's good. always creating these really neat gadgets and stuff that would get him out of things. It was, it was ahead of James Bond's gadgetry. So.
1: Exactly. And yeah, they had, uh, they had a, they had a train that had like secret compartments and special labs and stuff in it. And they would travel yeah. from town to town on the train and solve crimes yeah. and mysteries. And it was.
2: Yeah. This, I loved the Will that... Smith movie. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but this guy that played Alexander was one of the big bats. Yeah. He was, World he World was, World
1: was World. he was a regular villain on that show.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I loved like from the. It's so crazy. He had such a presence. Like the the first time he steps on screen, I was like, I would die for him. And <laughs> and then you see everyone be so mean to him and treat him like a plaything. It's just like I, he calls, he says, "I'm their buffoon." I'm like, "You deserve the world, Alexander."
1: <laughs> but uh, it's these guys who are who are assholes who have mind powers and can make you do things like uh, pretend to be a horsey. Which I thought Shatner did uh, wonderfully.
0: <laughs> that was rough. And then, you know, Spock does a little dance around Shatner and like steps on him and everybody's <laughs> like, ooh, step on him, daddy. Yeah. And there's, a, there's, I, a, there's,
2: a, there's a scene where Shatner's on the floor writhing where I think he was like two seconds away from creating break dancing.
0: <laughs> like if he'd just <laughs> gone up on his
2: shoulders, he would have been right there. That's true. He was
0: some amazing shacking in this episode. Yes. They were yes. really letting him just... Do whatever.
1: Yeah, you, you could tell it was all right, Shat Shatner's gonna shat, so let him like, do it. oh, you want you know? the
0: full cage? Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they uh apparently these aliens uh are from the ancient Greek times. They hung out with yeah. Plato. Yeah. And, and they were heavily influenced by him.
0: Yeah, and these are like the descendants of those people and yeah. who's he what's but they're all mean and they just make people do things for their whims using their telekinesis powers. And, and now then it- and and they are like well you guys can go but we're gonna keep mccoy because he's a doctor and again kirk is like "Mm, not my mccoy not
1: my boyfriend
2: nope (laughs) we went through to get him from that hot high priestess lady
1: exactly we nearly lost him a week ago yeah
0: and so kirk and spock are doing a little dance and the guy looks at mccoy and he's like how can you let this go on and i'm like (laughs) sir oh my god (laughs)
1: But uh, now uh, there's a couple of really great parts of this show and uh, of this episode, and one is where Kirk explains to him, uh, explains to Alexander uh, about the Federation and about he says, "Well, where where we come from, it doesn't matter." <sighs> Your size, your color, or whatever—everybody's the I same. I cry. You know?
0: I cry.
1: And you could just see Alexander just going, "I don't believe this. This is like this is the greatest. This is this must be paradise to live where you live." You know. So that was a great moment, I thought, and also between two actors, that was also a great moment. Uh, some good dialogue. It it really, once again, cements why you know the Federation is such a a great thing to be a part of. And then, of course, you get the. Which I found out just recently, this was not the first interracial kiss on television. Really? No.
0: No, there was an interracial kiss in, on like the BBC or something, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but, and even in American television, this was not the first interracial kiss. Uh, oh, it's, interesting. If you go to Wikipedia, it's all there. But uh, I'm, I'm happy with Star Trek taking credit for it, though, because sure, it was, yeah. pretty, was pretty bold. You know? Yeah, here's yeah. a few
0: bits of trivia regarding that interracial kiss. Network executives ordered director David Alexander to shoot a take where Kirk and Uhura did not kiss, just so it would be available. However, William Shatner crossed uh, crossed his eyes at the camera, making the take useless. Uh, <laughs> Nichelle Nichols said that this was her favorite episode, due to Uhura's being allowed to do something plot crucial, as opposed to her usual role as a glorified receptionist. Mm. And she has said that the Star Trek production offices received more mail on this episode than any other episode episode in the history of the series. And surprisingly, mm. none of it was negative.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, there was like one negative letter that went to an affiliate somewhere. They didn't were, show it in the South, from what I understand.
2: Yeah, mm. it's always the South, right? It was the same with that episode of DS9 that is purportedly the first same-sex kiss. Yeah, And and they lost so many affiliates in the South because it was like, oh no, we don't want to see no gays. And mm-hmm. I mean, like that is the safest episode of DS9 using Jadzia
1: oh it's so good right. though yeah it's but such a good episode
2: great great allegory for transness so exactly
1: well yeah the trill are they're, they're yeah. terrific yeah. uh yeah uh but uh yeah and that's why jad z is such a great character as well oh there uh, we go back to ds9 i'm so sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry. Okay. anyway uh, so then uh, they figure out uh it's in their blood of course mccoy's got it figured out it's in their blood they have this chemical uh, this uh vitamin or whatever it is and and if we (laughs) if we get some then you know we'll be able to do that too oh okay give me twice the dosage kirk says right there mccoy
0: i can take it
1: (laughs) and they offer it to alexander and he's like no i don't want that power that power makes you into an asshole so clearly i don't want it and uh which i thought was also a a great writing and acting choice both there Uh, terrific the way that he the way that he portrayed it and the way it was written great just absolutely great
0: yeah um nimoy got to be musical he he created (laughs) the song that he sings there towards did he (laughs) yes and i (laughs) I love when Leonard Nimoy gets to be musical. I think he's so good at it.
1: He wrote Bitter Dregs? That was him?
0: Uh, uh, well, let me, okay, well, let me find a okay. piece of trivia, because all right. there, he, hmm, I
1: was he like, wrote something. I was like, oh, of all the songs to sing, why, are you singing one that, well, A, makes no sense, and B? Oh,
2: I'm so happy for you, Rebecca, now that I know this about you, because we're... We're just ten short issues episodes away from the ultimate Leonard Nimoy musical. Oh episode. no,
0: um, <laughs> ma- the maiden wine song, whichever yes. uh, one that is.
1: Uh, that's that one. Is I that, think. that
0: that one? Yeah. Well, he okay. Well, he did it. So yeah,
1: uh, maidens uh, bring your wine and and uh, the, but the the last lines are where he repeats bitter dregs. Uh, now, when did he record his uh, music album? Was it during oh, the, the show?
2: The, the Bilbo Baggins one, I think, it was in the seventies.
1: Yeah, probably in the later, yeah. probably after the show. But he recorded a music album. He's not a good singer, but he no. did have a hit. It was a hit. Uh, Leonard Nimoy doing the uh, what is it called? The story of Bilbo Baggins. Or the, yep, yep. The ballad of Bilbo Baggins. S- that's it.
0: So many albums.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. M-
0: more than <laughs> I would have expected. Oh, oh shit. see, this is. Yeah. The this Bill is, Baggins
2: thing was 67.
1: Yeah. Now, this was back in the day when it wasn't the actor who would go to their agent and say, I think I need to make a record. It was the record company going, hey, you seem popular. Right. You they ever thought about doing a record? Right.
0: <laughs> so his stu- okay, studio albums, we've got Leonard Nimoy presents Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space, 1967. Oh, just terrible. Two, <laughs> two sides of <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, 1968. The Way I Feel, nineteen sixty-eight. A touch of Leonard Nimoy, nineteen sixty nine. The That's new the... world of Leonard Nimoy, nineteen seventy. But then he's got a grip of spoken word albums. Yeah. Which I've got to track down immediately. Spoken the Martian word. Chronicles, spoken Illustrated word Man, War of the World. All of
2: this stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, him reading Martian Chronicles? Really? Yeah.
2: We gotta my... do it it might what? finally
1: make sense to me if he were to read it to me what
2: was his <laughs> what was his series that was on in the late 70s was it in search of in search of yes oh my gosh that was some good stuff that in was search of invisible was, people <laughs>
1: Yeah, he would he would show up at the. It was like uh, Rescue 911 with Shatner. He would show up yeah. at the beginning and the end and yeah. bookend the. But he would narrate, and it yeah. would be invisible people. There are many in, different in occurrences. Of UFOs
2: in search of psychic Bigfoot. Grandma's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
0: has three like best of compilations. Yeah. <laughs> One from 1993 called Highly illogical. One from 1995 called Leonard Nimoy Presents Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space. And then 1997 Spaced Out, The Very Best of Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, mm. Shatner's this Rocket Man sing. is
2: Divinity.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> uh, well, ten wow. episodes, Rebecca. Episode 20, you're going to see Spock sing in What's a way that...
1: Name? What's the name of the episode?
2: Well, um, let's just say there's some hippies in it. <gasps> <Ooh>! the, <laughs>
0: is it the way to eden
2: oh yes
1: yes Yes, the space hippies
2: oh Oh, my god it is the most (laughs) delicious trash you will ever set eyes on. oh
1: it's so bad it's yeah
2: and yeah i I believe Nichelle nicole's also sings a song in this she does too yeah she sings a song about mr spock and then spock later sings a song about well space hippies
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, of all the people that should have gotten record contracts, it should have been uh, Nichelle Nichols. But uh, yeah, beautiful <laughs> but, voice. She's a beautiful but instead, voice. it's instead we get Nimoy singing about the about Bilbo Baggins. Oh.
2: Uh, yeah. Especially with the backup singers he has on that song. <laughs> yeah. It's...
0: Now, the, okay, I don't know how to phrase this question. Is that any good?
2: No, it's horrible. <laughs> no. It, I mean, and I say this as a, a devout fan of, of his early recordings um, and also some of the best arguments I've ever had with a octogenarian German woman um, oh. who who was uh, in love with Leonard Nimoy and had, like, original photography of his that would have been signed to her. Uh, mm-hmm. She had she had his entire filmography and discography. Yeah. And, uh, boy, when I told her that I thought The Ballad of Bill O'Baggins was one of the most gloriously horrible things I'd ever loved... She was very upset with me. and wouldn't talk to me for a week. So,
1: oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Ooh.
2: she, she loved him. She liked to look at him. So.
1: Well, and, and, you know, was he a better photographer?
2: He was a good photographer. I've still yeah. Got, I've still got one of his pieces out in the garage.
1: So wasn't to... he
0: an animal rescuer?
1: uh yeah i think he was in animal rights but he was also his photography subjects were large women as i recall
2: oh my. and like and like still life he did a lot of still life stuff too, yeah but yeah he was he was an interesting cat as they would say at the time mm-hmm. interesting cat so
0: leonard nimoy's pet pad a store that opened in canoga park california in 1969 it apparently only stayed in business for a year or two yeah he had a pet
2: store kenoga park that's wild mm-hmm. wow
1: wow right, no I idea
2: i think it's a neighborhood my mom used to go to score weed in um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man
0: okay well it sounds like we have some very exciting episodes coming oh, up down the pipeline
1: oh wow yeah you have no <laughs> idea what lies ahead
2: i just I mean I I I did all of this just because I want to see your reaction to Turnabout Intruder, but I forgot the way to Eden is season three as well. Mm-hmm. So oh man, this is I'm so happy
1: to be here with you. <laughs> i know but she, she keeps surprising me though just when i think that she's I gonna hate it
0: loving every episode Yeah, i'll watch an
1: episode and i'll go oh boy rebecca's gonna hate this and then she comes right. in and goes i love this episode
2: i don't i don't think i don't you know i don't think they're bad you got the empath coming up uh i think that's an amazing episode um you've got oh geez you've got uh episode 15 that's the the one with frank gorshin with the black and white makeup i just finished that one last night yeah Yeah, like that's that is like one of the decisive episodes of star trek um yeah there's some good stuff still coming up but the way to eden oh yeah and uh actually i've never even seen the cloud minders really yeah never seen it
1: oh well
0: okay well catch up buddy watch it and join us
2: very very Uh... few episodes i've never seen but that's one
1: Wow, that surprises me that there is an episode that you've not seen. Wow. Okay. I mean,
2: yeah. I I won a trivia contest with trivia from this episode, but I've never seen it.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: (laughs) But that was not easily. My brain was different then.
0: And then come back, have a conversation with us, Mm -hmm. and tune in next time, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you... Uh, next week on The Great Ship The Space Show show and we'll keep going where no man has gone before but a lot of people have gone before thanks everybody